You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Broken records, the albums you wouldn't shut up about. Broken records, the music our guests can't live without. Like Judy, Barbara, Liza, Bet, Betty, Audra, Bernadette. We broadcast this podcast with hopes that someday we might get Patty Welcome to Ben Rimmelauer's Broken Records on Broadway World. I'm Ben Rimmelauer, and I'm here with my lovely co-host, Daniel Nolan! Thank you, thank you. Please stay seated. Hey y'all, today's guest is star of the national company of Hello Dolly, three-time Tony nominee, Carolee Carmelo. Yes, God! Mm. You're not going to give me grief for saying that? I'll allow it. Thank you. Anyway, Carolee Carmelo is like a god with that crazy voice that defies categorization. Is she a soprano? Is she a belter? I don't know. She's a belter. But I mean, she's everything. True. Carolee came in to chat about the Godspell movie soundtrack. LOL. Seriously. (laughs) We barely mentioned it. (laughs) There was just so much to say. And that was before we caught her dolly. That is true. All right, let's talk about it. Let's go in, honey. Um, let's put our hand in there. <laughs> uh, before the parade passes by. Um, it only takes a moment. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Hello, Daniel. Hello. <laughs> um, you're looking swell, Daniel. Thank you. We, Golly uh, gee, fellas. <laughs> we saw Carol Lee as Dolly Levi in the national tour in their stop in Hartford, Connecticut a couple Hartford. weeks ago. Mm-hmm. What was the and, theater name? Um, Do you remember? Don't remember. No. And it's I mean, not it there was, anymore anyway. Um, <laughs> it was there on the road so for the next year. Um, was the theater crazy? It How felt it lawless crazy? there. Like, none of the ushers knew what to do. They were kind of just, like, going rogue. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, they were. They were like, I don't know. Like, your seat's right down there, and it, like, wasn't. Uh, anyway. But, you know, in fairness, like, ushers just can't win with me. What do you mean? I'm pretty much a- annoyed no matter what an usher does. Okay. Yeah. It's like, so, I don't even want to, like... However, the snack bar, is that what you call it, the concessions, everything was very cheap at the snack bar, I felt. Well, listen, it's, they're saving money on good ushers. <laughs> That's true. I mean, I feel like... Who are we? We're starting our review of Carolee Carmelo and Hello I'm Dolly. Sorry, we have to start Talking the about the ushers. We're taking the yes, whole journey. We're taking, we're taking the, the whole journey. journey. Okay, okay, okay. Um, but I feel like when you go to, like, you know, the Barrymore Theater in New York, a Coke is, like, $8, and there it was, like, 4 which is still Weirdly, I bought nothing at the Barrymore when we saw The Inheritance. Oh, yeah, same. Not a t-shirt, not a lapel pin, not a Diet Coke, yeah. not even a water. Yeah. Although I did take a couple of napkins from the bar, not yeah. realizing how cute they were, just because I wanted to wipe my nose with them in case I sneezed during uh-huh. the show. So I had them all crumbled up. Um, mm-hmm. No, I liked the tears glistening down my cheeks in oh, case anyone yes. saw me. It's very Judy Garland in that one photo. <laughs> you know the one. Don't. You know the one, the one with her crying. It's like real close up, shadowy. It's like a famous photograph. Did you draw it? No. I'm picturing your drawing of it. My drawing? Yeah. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> back to Carolee. What do you call it? My illustration? Your illustration. Digital it's illustration. So Anywho. Uh, so, okay, ushers, blah, 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 blah. Apparently. The seats were, I would say, medium comfortable. <laughs> they were, the seats sucked. I mean, no leg. Well, we had very good seats. But there was a drain in the floor, which was nice. <laughs> Especially for me with all those bottles of God knows what, you know. 
Um, yeah, so we don't, we don't, good seats, though. Like, fifth row back, maybe? Orchestra center? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Do you realize, based on how much time we're talking about this stuff, we're uh-huh. going to have to talk for, like, four hours about the show. And I would be happy to do okay. that. Okay. We could, we could have a full episode. Let's do it. Only Dolly. Um, anyway, so, of course, Dolly's entrance, they don't keep us waiting. They're so generous. Uh, Dolly Levi comes out on that train within the first four minutes of the show. Puts down that newspaper, Dolly Levi, born Gallagher. Yeah. The crowd goes wild, and in Hartford, Connecticut, that means about 20 people applauded for Carolee. Well, I mean, it's like, it. it's tricky. I mean, that, you know, that's part of why the show is, like, such a, like, celebrity vehicle, vehicle. because it's like, you really, like, want that effect, you know? Mm-hmm. And when you have somebody that's, like, just known for their talent, mm-hmm. you know, in theater, mm-hmm. they they have to earn that. Right. You know, so they get it act two mm-hmm. or even like you know 10 minutes later right but they don't get you know that someone like Bette Midler or even Bernadette Peters mm-hmm. gets that kind of a star entrance that you can't there's just no way to make that happen right for Carole. right right but I I wonder what it was like I mean I saw Carol Channing do it in 1994 all right humble brag um <laughs> and uh it uh, it was spectacular, but obviously, you know, the audience was going to see Carol Channing and Hello Dolly. She was a huge, huge star already at that mm-hmm. point. And so, well, at least as far as she was associated with that role for so many decades. Mm-hmm. But I wonder, like, in 64, like, she was a star, mm-hmm. but she was not a top, top flight Broadway star. Right. She had done Gentlemen Prefer Blondes. She had replaced... Roz Russell in Wonderful Town. Yeah, who would be the equivalent had, of her of that nowadays? Like with that career. Well, it's hard to compare nowadays because now everyone is kind of like that. Yeah, like today, like like now, like Patty and Bernadette don't have that much more than like Carol Channing had. Like the thing is that there really aren't an Ethel Merman or Mary Martin. Today. Right, but I guess if you true. transpose all that, like to make the equivalent, I mean, I'm thinking like like Katrina Link or like no, Jesse no, no. Mueller. I feel like she'd be bigger than that. Gentlemen for Blondes was a big hit, mm-hmm. and it was like her thing. Like I feel like it would be more like I don't know. It's very hard to compare. TV and film is such a big factor. Right. Like, um, but but anyway, whatever that moment was in 1964 for Carol Channing, you know. The audience wasn't where Daniel and I were on excitement level, but right. they got there because within the first song, it takes a woman. Yes, honey. She, sure? I put. Sorry, I put my hand in. Yeah, uh, Carolee was just dazzling. I mean, dazzling. she just has you know uh, such musical comedy oomph. Mm-hmm. Her voice just pours out with like limitless reserves it's of like, like richness. Wow, I didn't know Dolly. Like, I didn't know these songs could be sung that way. You know, she makes it her own. Um, because even if you listen to, um, like, if you listen, well, Barbara doesn't sing that song in the movie. Right. Um, she replaces it with, um, uh, the also fabulous song, Just Leave Everything to Me. Um, but like, but even the other songs that Barbara does sing, Barbara's voice is so weirdly Barbara yeah. that, like, it's, like, hard to even compare it to somebody else singing it, yeah. you know? And, like, um... And, like, who else is, like, a real belter that has, like, recorded that? Like, Ethel Merman, like, a little bit? Like, although, yeah. she, does she even sing that song? Marilyn May. Yeah, like, I don't know. They're old school. You know, yeah. Carolee has, even though it's a real musical theater voice, it has a modern quality to it. Yes. Yes. So, it it really is just a really unique and refreshing and, like, deeply satisfying yeah. take on yeah. the score. 100%. Starting right at the top. I mean, that's the thing about Carolee's voice. I mean... I actually saw her, by the way, once in a reading of a mm-hmm. bio musical about Merman, mm-hmm. um, where she played Merman and sang all Merman songs. And it's I even though they're so different, it mm-hmm. actually is a, a, a 
an apt analogy right. because like Merman, I think Carolee has that quality that yeah. just like completely even. Like her voice from absolute top yes. to absolute bottom. Not only that there's not a break, but there any note you hear Carolee sing, you would think, well, that's dead center of her voice. Yeah, and you like, know it's it, Carolee. There's just never any sense of like being anywhere near the limit of the range or even like the breath right right and it's all there like even her speaking voice the first line Dolly uh, Levi Born Gallagher you can hear the resonance in that voice oh totally pierces through the darkness of the theater yes the darkness in the universe to the quick Carolee is the big bang of belters yes 100% and um oh anyway but and she's just so charming and likable and like you just, I mean, you know, if if there's not that celebrity entrance of a Bette Midler, mm-hmm. there's just, she immediately is that. Right. Because you really, I mean, I think I can say this more than any, I mean, I saw Bette four times, mm-hmm. and I saw Bernadette twice, mm-hmm. and I saw Donna, and I saw Betty, and as I mentioned, I saw Carol Channing, but I feel like this is the first time I've seen a Dolly who, it just seems... Like, the entire company is so, like, in love with her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, it's not just a love fest in the audience. It, mm-hmm. I mean, who knows? Maybe, like, she's actually, like, secretly a bitch and they all, no, like, hate her. But not. you just know that's not true. I mean, no, I even when we... We went back and when we, we brag, humble brag, when we went backstage and talked to her after the show in her no, dressing room. But, like, she immediately, like, took us all on this tour and, like, everybody was just so, like... Wanting to like, they weren't like, oh, it's the star. Like, get they were out of her all way. like wanting to they talk were, with her, like, and, like they, talk about their kids. They ask all clearly just like are just like so into her, you know. And even what what was that one twink was like? Oh my god, he was like, I loved it. You guys were applauding so much for Carolee throughout the whole show, so he could like see us and hear us just going wild. I for mean, her. Daniel's like you know beating around the bush. Basically, we were like the only two gay people in Hartford except the ones on the <laughs> stage. <laughs> Yes, yes, we were the- but um, you know, I, I <laughs> and and on stage there was nothing but gay, nothing but gays, yeah. and Carolee, and Carolee. <laughs> um, but uh, okay, so before we go back into the rest of Carolee's performance, yes. do we want to say anything about the rest of the company? Um, um I will say I loved uh, Irene Malloy. Irene Malloy. Yes. yes, I mean, first of all, that What's is her name that Annalise. Is- um, I'll look it up. Yeah, look it up. Um, you know, I've always kind of thought of that as a thankless role because it's just like you get the one song and it's kind of just like a filler song. And then... And in fairness, part of what was great about Kate Baldwin on Broadway mm-hmm. is that with like all the hullabaloo that was going on with like mm-hmm. Bette Midler and, and, mm-hmm. all, and the gays and everything, right. Kate Baldwin was like no freaking nonsense. Yes. Well, like, that's and it I really love. worked for the character. Yes. But, you know, she just sort of like dispensed with the moments. And, right. You know, and as thrillingly as she sang Ribbons Down My Back... Yes. Um, uh, or as sexy as she was uh, about it, it was very much like be- yeah. get beat to beat to beat yeah. to beat yeah. to beat. Driving and it was actually then surprising when she was moving in yes. uh, It Only Takes a Moment mm-hmm. in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but this was a little bit of a different take on it, which I really enjoyed. Yeah, and she acted the fuck out of it. It's like she really did have kind of that feistiness, but she also had a deep... Um, humanity, and you you know, you could see her falling in love with um, Cornelius, which you know took some acting because th- he was obviously a, a gay man. But um, what are you implying? Well, you know, I mean, I'm just saying she, she if if it were high school, they'd be going to the prom together. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's still my life. 
Um, but I loved her so much. Like I was thinking, I want to, I want her to replace Katrina as Bobby and Company. Whoa! Like, I thought she was so wonderful, and she was just such a good actress and so committed to the journey of Irene. Yes, and I'm going to tell you that her name is. <laughs> what is wrong? Why is this like not readily findable? I'm so embarrassed. Keep talking. Wasn't it like um, oh, Annalisa Leeming? Annalisa Leeming. Annalisa Leeming. What else has she been in? Um, she was in... You didn't ask me that, too. You no, know, you told me what she was in when we were there. Well, you know? I realized, I think I saw her in Dolly with Betty Buckley and loved her, too. Oh, okay. But the year in the role, she's not somebody that, like, got bored. I think she just went even deeper. Yeah. And her singing is gorgeous yeah. and thrilling. She actually kind of has a little bit of a quality reminiscent of Florence Lacey, mm-hmm. who played the part... Um, in both Carol Channing revivals, the one in mm-hmm, 78 mm-hmm. and the one in 94. Right. Um, but uh, I don't know if this is okay to say. She's, um, she's I think, maybe more beautiful than Florence. Although, yeah. in fairness, I didn't see Florence in 78. Like, yeah. I'm sure, like, she was quite a looker. And I will say, uh, this Irene looks like, she's very pretty, but in, like, a very unique way. And she looks yes. like the exact halfway midpoint physically the exact midpoint between Julie Andrews and Carol Burnett yes she's like they're like lesbian love child blow my mind (laughs) they're not lesbians just kidding we at Broken Records don't wish to make any statements true or false about sexual dynamics that didn't happen or didn't 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 happen between Carol Burnett and Julie Andrews Although that could be a wonderful, a wonderful show. Broken Just Records presents a deep dive. If and Elisa leaning in, <laughs> Julian <laughs> Carroll, Julian loving Carol. thyself. Yeah. Um, but anyway, loved Annalisa, and the rest of the cast um, was really, um, really good, really good. And oh, and John Bolton was great as um, mm-hmm. as uh, uh, what's his name, Horace, uh, Horace yeah. Um, and all, I mean, that was like they were everyone, like the whole company, especially. All the waiters, and, you know, they have so much to do. They were just so energetic. And even when we went back afterwards, they were all, like, just so positive. Well, they all seem about 22. I mean, they're all 22. Like, they see, I I felt like a... Like, I feel like normally when you see Hello, Dolly, and, like, like Cornelius and Barnaby are, like, about to sing uh, the best song in the world, um, Uh, Put on on Your Sunday Sunday clothes. Clothes. And they're talking, and he's like, I'm, what is he, I'm 30, I'm 33, 32. I'm a 32-year-old head, you Uh know, 32 years old, I've got to get out and see the world. And Barnaby's like, um, uh, he's like, well, I'm only, what is it, 19? It's not so urgent for me. 17 or 19? Yeah, it's, like, super young. And normally you're like, okay, Grandpa, because it's usually, like, some fucking old queen who's, like, been playing the part since, like, the last revival, you know? (laughs) And this is the first time where, like, when he said, like, I'm 30 years old, I've got to see the world, you're like, you might be, like, late 20s. Yeah, like, let yeah. me see some ID, son. Some ID. And, like, <laughs> and absolutely, like, Barnaby was like, I'm, like, you know, 14, and they're like, I buy it. Right, right. Yeah. Um, the whole thing was, like, Twink City. I mean, I feel like the company Twink is, like, City. fresh out of AMDA. Yeah. Like, on leave, going back to, like, finish their, like, two-semester right, AMDA right, program 100%, next year. 100%. Like, doing homework after the show. Yeah. But really, the show is the best homework, I've always said. It's, you know, you mm. learn by doing. You learn by experience. Yes. Um, um, so, back to back, our experience. Back to our experience. Back to Carolee. Uh, you okay, know, you so said we, something about her, her, her musical comedy chops. Yeah. And something that struck me was how, and not just because of the red hair, 
but how there was a lot of Lucille Ball in her performance. It was like very, especially during the dinner scene where she sits at that table and just you totally. Know, it's goes. funny you say Lucille Ball because I just saw her at Encores a couple years ago. In I forget what the evening was called. It was like oh yeah, there was like thirty minutes. Yeah, she did Wildcat. Well, no, it was Look Me Over. Hey, Look Me Over. Which that was, was the name of the evening because that's yeah. her song from Wildcat. Yes. But it was all like it was only like a thirty-five or twenty-five minute chunk, and then there was like a Mac and Mabel chunk, mm-hmm. and there was a um, sail away, not sail away. Uh, was it sail away? It was BB North playing the stretch part. It had to be sail away. Yeah. Uh huh. Okay. I don't know why I don't remember it being sail away. Um, Unless it was that um, uh, no, was freaking sail. It was Goldilocks. Goldilocks. Anyway. But, uh, so, yeah. Um, okay, okay. so I'm working out with Carolee. Well, during her, that little scene where she's eating at the table, you know, all the little, uh, you know, the oysters or whatever she's eating. Dumplings. Um, dum- dumplings. Um, dumplings. She, so Lucille Ball and so uh, Meg Ryan in When Harry Met Sally. And I told her that after. I was like, the way you oh, were that. the food acting you were doing in that moment <laughs> was, was... This is deep for Daniel. was so Meg Ryan in When Harry Met Sally. It's a it no so greater funny. compliment. Um, okay, so just going back just to, like, get through, like, the show piece by piece. Because okay. we said, like, uh, I put my hand in there. Ribbons down my and, back. Well, so, but let's just say for, um, uh, uh... Put on your Sunday clothes. Put on your Sunday clothes. No disrespect to any of the other great ladies who played the part. Right. But, like, you know, let, and, you know, I believe Bette Midler, Hello Dolly, was, like, musical theater magic. Like, right, I've rarely right. been so ecstatic. However! However! Carolee did not need to resort to, like, adding a comedic Irish jig to avoid some of, like, the high notes in the boys' key of Put On Your Sunday Clothes. What's the part with that, you know? Oh, you mean as Bet did? Yeah. Like, yeah, so yeah, what, yeah. what, how does, how does it go? Like, uh, like uh, that Sunday shine is the, you know, yeah, yeah. that's like, but, uh, but you feel but as fine as you look. When you, you know, down. And, and Carolee just gives you, like, that you feel as fine as you look. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that does turn into a little... It's a but little they all ago. they all navigated it. You know, like, whether you're... It doesn't matter if you're Bette Midler, Bernadette, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, it's... That song is the boys' song, and, like... Right. I, they, maybe it does modulate for them, but it's still not... It's not a moment about... Even if it's in their key... Those bitches are in their 70s, and they've got bigger fish to fry than singing right. one line in this Fakakta group number. <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's yeah. like, is Jennifer Samard in it? I'm right, not belting. Right, right, So, um, but Carolee's like, if I'm there, I'm belting. If I'm there, honey, the note's there. The note's there. So, it was there. and it, it, But anyway, that number is, I mean, that has been for me all these times I've seen Hello oh, Valley. God. When they slam that... That door, mm, honey, door down, tomatoes. and that stunt out there. Yeah. There's a world outside of Yonkers. I mean, it just like mm, it just you can't can. not be filled with joy yeah. and like it, it just so exciting and energizing. I mean, it really is. It's something I didn't realize about Hello Dolly all the years that I was like a musical theater lover, obsessing about all these different musicals and. I knew that I loved Jerry Herman, and mm-hmm. I would listen to, like, Jerry's Girls, and to mm-hmm. have, like, Andrea McArdle and Leslie Uggams belting out these songs of his, one after the other, and, of course, Carol Channing, you know, I was just completely obsessed, and I would listen to the Mac and Mabel album, and, you know, that in some ways was my favorite Bernadette, even as much or more than Sunday in the Park with George, you know, yeah. and... um and and Mame for Angela. Well, Dear World actually is my favorite Angela yes, album. Absolutely. But Hello Dolly, you know, and I loved Carol Channing. Um uh but it's but it wasn't something I was into in that same way of listening to. Mm-hmm. But when I watch the show, it's such a perfectly crafted musical and the moments, you know, 
they just they up the ante of mm-hmm. the energy and the mm-hmm. joy and like joy, yeah. the inevitable. It's so. I mean, if you describe the plot of Hello Dolly, I mean, like, what's the climax? So weird, it's just yeah. an old lady going to a restaurant she hasn't been to. In a yeah, long time. which I mean, but for like, us. it's so brilliantly constructed to just like inevitably pull you toward yeah. that like that release of her coming down those stairs yeah. and being celebrated like right. that. You know, well, and speaking of Jerry Herman. Uh, I have this playlist that I listen to in the mornings to kind of get me in the mood to, uh, you know, go out in the world before the parade passes by. And the the top three songs that are on there are It's Today from Mame, Put On Your Sunday Clothes from Dolly, and then um, uh, Put A Little More Mascara On from Lakash. No, but I should add that one. Uh, Dear World, um, Each Tomorrow Morning. Oh, I love that. Because it's all, you know, it's just like, when I first wake up and look in the glass. Yeah. Pull, pull, pull your teeth out of the glass. And she's like, there's no long lost star. <laughs> I love it so much. Oh, no, but, but don't come for Angela's belting on that album because I when shan't. she sings Kiss Her Now, oh, that is like, I don't yes. think Patty could sing that better. Well, and then, and even, um, and uh, of course, I don't want stuff. Know. Oh, God. Yeah. I don't want to know. But I feel like by the time she recorded Dear World, like, I feel like Mame, she was still a little bit like, I'm not really a singer, yeah, like musical I'll, theater people, but I'll do my best yeah, and yeah, yeah. belt it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I feel like Dear World, she was like, keep it in B flat, but I'm willing to go up to a C sharp only on the last note and only for the album. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, that's not, she would never say only for the album. I bet Angie, whatever she did, it was eight shows a week, bitch. Yeah, maybe she's a workhorse. Yeah. I was just watching Murder Show last night and I was like, you know what? She did 24. As a 60, however old she was at the time, she did 24, 26 episode seasons, 12 seasons of Murder, She Wrote. And she wanted to stop because it was a lot of work and she didn't need the money. Um, But she was employing so much of her friends and family that she kept doing it after, like, you know, whatever season they wanted her. Anyway. Do I need to, like, have a Murder, She Wrote moment? Not really. I mean, I go in and out. I've, like, honestly, I've seen it, like... A few times for a few minutes when my grandparents would, like, watch it, like, mm-hmm. while I played video games or something. Jessica. <laughs> Watching yeah. Jessica. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for me, I it, as, as embarrassed as I am to say this, it's hard for me to follow the plot sometimes just because I, like, you know, <laughs> my attention span. But it is so comforting just seeing Angela on screen, like, cooking in her little Cabot Cove mm, kitchen and, like, inviting... Is that why Rue is so into it? I don't know. I mean, I feel like Rue is just, like such an old lady at heart that he like loves like his mystery stories you know because he talks about like <laughs> yeah. loving like mission but no Impossible. but like the idea of having it on like for like comfort in the dressing yes. room and stuff yeah like, 100% that, same just, thing like, with Angela Golden cooking Girls. or whatever I mean that's why I love it is because she is just such like a like a comforting grounding energy for me that I and I love you know there's so many wonderful guest stars I mean Lorna Luft has been in several episodes um, Mary Wicks was George in one recently George Hearn I'm definitely having a Mary Wicks moment right now yes yes so back to Carolee. <laughs> back to Carolee. We, so, uh, we have to yeah, we, we have um, to wind down. We have to wrap it up. Um so okay, uh well before the parade passes by. Wonderful. Let's talk yeah, let's talk about before the parade. Before, I mean I think it's safe to say she's my favorite version mm-hmm, of that, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. Like I mean just she I mean she really Yeah she gives it to you. She gives it to you and it's I mean I love before her, my favorite was Bernadette just because I felt Bernadette gave it such pathos. Um, I mean, I'll give you that the Bernadette version hurt. 
No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I loved I loved Bernadette in the role, and I loved her version of that song. But Although Carly, I think bef- I think before Carolee, my favorite was Betty Buckley. Uh-huh. It's because Betty had this moment that I had never noticed in the show, which is like I think it's in the middle of the song, mm-hmm. like so during like one of the instrumentals. The where she, like, you see her, like, decide to start doing the choreography. Mm -hmm. And Betty, just watching Betty make that decision Mm -hmm. was so rich and intense Mm -hmm. and involving and so clear, but also, like, complicated and nuanced. Mm -hmm. And I just felt like I was really witness to this, like, human, like, transformative moment that the character had, which, like, I never would have thought would be in this show. And it just informed her performing the rest of the song. And then, and I have to say, I mean, and Betty really belted the fuck out of it, too. Mm. I mean, I was really thrilled by Betty's voice in that song. Um, So maybe I'll say Carolee's tied Mm. because of that. But but Carolee just kind of gave me, like, from the beginning, just, like, mouth open, just, like, full... I mean, she is a parade, yes, you know, and I just yes. want to march in it. March in it, honey. We're going to wave that banner high. <laughs> We've got to go again. <laughs> got to drive again. Got to drive again. All I right. can feel my heart. Is that what it is? I feel my um, heart coming alive again. I've had too much coffee. But, uh, and, and so, I, honestly, the same thing with uh, So Long, Deary. Oh, yes, which I will say that song has become, again, just like, you know, the Irene ribbons down my back. That's another song I never really cared about in the recordings, but, like, seeing these women perform so long, Deary, it becomes this huge staple of the show for me. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that song, once you see the show, you're like, oh, like, that's up there with, like, you know, The Man That Got Away. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's just, like... I mean, if there, there's there's so much going on in Hello, Dolly, and, like, actually, she doesn't have that many songs, especially, yeah. like, proper, like, like solos. solos. And that's, like, her, I guess, like, 11 o'clock number. Yeah, yeah. And, like, it's, um, yeah, it definitely is, like, when you just are listening to the album, you wouldn't necessarily, like, add it to your, like, number one, like, show tunes favorite belt, songs, belt yeah. list. But you definitely do put it there. Yeah. Like, you know, and I wish, that. I really wish I had a recording of Carolee singing all the Me songs. Me too. Yeah. I wish they would do, like... You know, didn't, like, they did, like, um... An EP. Yeah, didn't it, like, Pearl Bailey, didn't they record a thing yeah. with her? Yeah, well, yeah. I wish they would do an EP with all, like, um, all the oh, Dolly singing yeah. different songs. Like, you it's know... probably in Bet's Betty, contract that that can never happen. <laughs> true. <laughs> Betty could sing, I put my hand in... Oh, mixing it up? No, they each have to get no, all the big No, 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 I want each one of them singing no, one song. No, that's terrible. Let's, let's go through it. Betty no, could I sing, can't. I put my no, hand in... No. <laughs> I will Donna play. I will play your Mary Fuck Hill, and I will not. I will, I will not, not assign one play. song to one woman and the others not. <laughs> okay. Well, on that note, let's talk to Carolee. Carolee Carmelo, we are so yes. fucking excited to have you, Goddess Carolee Carmelo. <laughs> oh my goodness! Thank I, you. I was telling Daniel it's so weird to have you because I'm such a huge fan of yours, Same. and I feel like you're someone who truly doesn't give a crap about any of that stuff. You know, like <laughs> about fans or about. No, I mean I'm sure you're like loving and grateful to your fans, but like I, you know, just like you and I were talking over email, you're not obsessed with with theater and music and individual singers or show tunes or it's like not you're not like you don't seem mystified by that whole thing it doesn't have like a magic well and and you started out you went to school for business is that right so you never your dream was never to come to Broadway and do theater well now now we're telling you how you feel (laughs) (laughs) correct us Broadway found you you know it's like we needed your gift and so Broadway said you know please please come well it was 
yeah, it was a weird little transition from college business degree to, you know, life in the theater in New mm-hmm, York City. Because mm-hmm. I, like you said, I didn't plan it, and it just sort of happened a little ass backwards because I was doing some community theater stuff mm-hmm. during college. And then I got offered this job the summer after I graduated, which was an equity theater. Mm-hmm. And I, I was forced to make this decision about whether or not to join Actors' Equity, which right. for people who don't know is the union that actors uh, who work in the theater have to join in order to be able to work in really professional settings. So mm-hmm. um, I remember standing in my mother's living room where I was at the time and talking to this producer and he was explaining to me what Actors' Equity was and I, I had no idea, which, you know, when I tell people that story who are actors who uh-huh. went to school for it, they're like, oh my God, I worked for five years to get my equity card. So they're really pissed off about it. Um, Sorry. <laughs> Sorry about it. Sorry about that. Um, but yeah, I, I was sort of at this crossroads and I realized, do I want to pursue this professionally? Because mm-hmm. he, he was explaining to me at the time that if I just wanted to continue doing community theater, which I was doing during college, that I really shouldn't join the union because then you're not allowed to do that kind Mm, of amateur theater. Um, And I was like, what? Had you thought you would do that? Like when you thought about your future as this like businesswoman, you know, not working professionally in the theater, did you always imagine that you would keep doing community theater? Not really. But you obviously had a love for it that I enjoyed made you it. do it because yeah. you had no ambition about it. You were just doing it for for, for fun. fun right? Yeah, mm-hmm. it was really just like my outlet during school. You Did know? people come to you and say like you have a talent, you have a voice that we need on the stage? Like was that something you were known for as a not really? Young well, I mean, <laughs> you were playing leads. It, in my cafeteria at my dorm, yes. But, but I mean, a lot of people were in the in the ensemble. Well, right, right. I suppose that's true. It's all relative, isn't it? Uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah, and when I was 19, I tried out for my first professional job, which paid me $19 a week doing Maria in The Sound of Music. Oh. So then I was like, oh, I'm making money at this. This is interesting. Well, I, I'm completely obsessed with your whole, like, secret closeted soprano pass. <laughs> <laughs> like, this, like, because you played Amalia and She Loves Me, isn't I that did, right? I did, yeah. I mean, wow. all these, like, everyone's like, oh, the greatest belter, the greatest belter. Right, right. But, like, I mean, you, I guess maybe Judy Kuhn is in that category, too, but... It's so, I mean, nowadays a lot of these girls do both, but they don't really do the belting in that same. I mean, you give like a real old school, belt. earthy, you know, <laughs> roof shaking belt mm-hmm. and play these legitimate soprano roles. Uh, yeah, I guess it was, it was born out of necessity just to mm-hmm. find work. And um, I remember auditioning for She Loves Me and I was going to be equally happy if I had gotten one of the other parts, yeah. mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I, and and I think the first time I ever was really tested with that soprano thing that you're talking about was when I did, I did the first national tour of Les Mis, and I was covering Cosette mm-hmm. and Fantine, which was a different track. They, they changed the track a little bit, because Norm... This is the strangest thing. <laughs> no, there wasn't I think it's Cameron McIntosh calling. Yeah, they want you. <laughs> Wow. And rips that phone rips out of the wall. I'm sorry, she's unavailable. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what do you, what do you uh, mean the um, cover was a different track? So when the show opened on Broadway, they had, you know, the understudy tracks set up. So the um, 
I guess the Fantine cover, who was more of a belter, did not also cover Cosette, because mm-hmm, those mm-hmm. voices are not usually the same person. Yeah. So I remember at the audition, them sort of vocalizing me up, because I didn't sing anything soprano-y, and they were like, what about this? Can you go this high? Can you go this? Because Cosette has like a high yeah, C yeah, yeah. at the end of Act 1 or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, I, know, I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> so had you taken no voice lessons? Yeah, I know, and I never have. So. <gasps> Oh, wow. I'm sorry. But you still but you still had your you I mean in those community theater shows like I don't know the musical director was warming up the cast and you were standing sure. there going like la 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 oh I can do that. I mean you had some sense of your I like, think uh, the sense I had of it was more from like singing along with Julie Andrews, you know, mm-hmm. or singing along to other kind of recordings or mm-hmm. shows and I know that's your thing we're going to yes. talk about okay, recordings so, so you bring up Julie Andrews obviously yes. I mean all of America the whole world grew up with that sound of music but when I would watch the sound of music I mean I would get to a certain point singing along where I was like no I got it <laughs> <laughs> but you just kept going um, I, I don't know I mean I, I don't think I ever was that conscious of it I was just trying to sound like her and mm-hmm. you know I guess that was my voice lesson was listening to her because I never really had anybody teach me What were technique. the other ones uh, like that? Uh, that were soprano-y like that? Well, or, um, or either. I mean, were you listening to Funny Girl also or, you know? No, I don't think I was aware of any of that stuff when I was a kid. Or the pop only- music? What were the albums or singers? Uh, I didn't know. I don't go. think I. Here Just we like, go. Uh, Sorry, I'm on the wrong podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think my exposure to musical theater really was television because back then they would play, you know, the movie of Sound of Music, the mm-hmm. movie of Music Man, Music the Man. Mu- More movie of yeah. Did you ever play 1776? that part? Yes, I did. Oh, you did. Uh-huh. I love that. I love this. It's really the night. dark secret of that. It's coming out. You're just dropping these like nothing. For the last time, I am not on Ozempic. I made one little joke on this podcast, and everybody started calling me out, texting me, calling me cringe, whatever. I really was asked by people if I was on Ozempic, and as I told them, I am not. I am just eating factors, no prep, no mess meals, okay? Warmer, sunnier days are coming. Fire Island season is here. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors' fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine what are you waiting for with 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week you'll always have new flavors to explore crush your wellness goals this may with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust from breakfast to dessert stay fueled with easy nutritious options treat yourself to restaurant quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon shrimp and blackened salmon and kitchen time is kept to a minimum they are ready in two minutes no shopping no prepping no cooking no cleanup enjoy effortless support for your lifestyle choose from six menu preferences to help you manage calories maximize protein intake avoid meat or 
helps just simply to eat well balanced. Head to factormeals.com slash giants in the sky 50 and use code giants in the sky 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code giants in the sky 50 at factormeals.com slash giants in the sky 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Um, okay, sorry. Sound of music, music man. Uh, 1776 was on TV once a year. Um, West Side Story movie was on, mm-hmm. you know. And and you always wanted to be Maria, not Anita? Um, you, you, I don't know that I did really you ever even play identify- either of those parts? No. No. I don't think I identified at that point in my life wanting to do any of it. It just mm-hmm. was kind of an interesting different thing on TV. I mean, back mm-hmm. then you didn't have YouTube, you didn't have right, sure. cable channels. No, where it was you could when it watch. was on, it was on. Yeah, right, that's right. it. You just watched it. And I was like, this is different. He Telling a know. story. He <laughs> well, he's 14. <laughs> um, but so w- would you sing with both parts in West Side Story? I guess so. Yeah. We had the album of West Side Story movie, mm-hmm. which of course... Is it's like all Marnie Nixon, not, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I think she sang Tony, too, didn't yeah, she? Exactly. <laughs> Marnie Nixon, R.I.P. See the pretty girl in that mirror there. Who can that attractive girl be? Such a pretty face, such a pretty dress, such a pretty smile, such a pretty me. I feel stunning and entrancing. Feel like running and dancing for joy. For a lot by your pretty Um, yeah, I think, I I think I just sang along with everything. Did you have siblings? I have three younger brothers. Ah, I have an older sister. Okay. Very Maria. Uh, Fraulein Maria. Yes. Yes. Having all those younger children. That must be what that call is. (laughs) (laughs) Not in this room. The call's coming from inside the house. Um, uh, okay. So, uh, were those any other musical movies? What a Judy Garland stuff? Like any of those old MGM kind of things? Probably saw some of it in passing, but I don't think. Not the Wizard of Oz. Was uh, oh yeah, deal. yeah, Wizard of Oz. I remember. Um, oh, I remember Leslie Ann Warren in that TV oh, yes. oh, yeah. version of Cinderella. Cinderella. Soprano part. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Got it. In my own little corner, in my own little chair, I can be whatever I want to be. And, um, okay, and so the album you want to talk about under gun to her head. It's <laughs> um, uh, like, I really don't have anything. I was like, it's fine, it's fine, just come, just come. Um, but uh, you said the Godsmell movie soundtrack. Yes. Which we love. So, yeah, yeah I, I, before coming here yesterday, I was sort of reminding myself, because I wanted to figure out, was it really the movie or was it the off-Broadway soundtrack that mm-hmm. I... Because mm-hmm. the movie was like a big bomb. Like some people, like was it? A lot of people didn't even know there was a Godspell movie. I don't remember seeing it until much later. Mm-hmm. But I think for some reason I just was exposed to that album, mm-hmm. and I just remember I had a friend called Kitty. Mm-hmm. If you're out there, Kitty McKeo, hi, how are you? From grade school, <laughs> um, and we would go in her basement and sing all the parts of the Godspell album yeah, and, I like, jump that. around her basement and, you know, climb Did you ever wind up doing Godspell? No. How funny. I think I'm too old now. 
but that would have been a fun one to do. Well, all the performers I like are your age, so we'll do a, we'll do a <laughs> yeah. Godspell. The middle-aged Godspell. Yeah. Hey, everybody needs God, you know. Everybody needs God. God. <laughs> I mean, and th- that movie is so weird. It's like... Um, it's so weird. Did you ever see the movie of um, Jacques Brel's Alive and Well Living in Paris? No. It's also like that, where it's like... They're singing these songs, but they're kind of just like walking around the city. Are they like, is it New York or I think Paris? It's or? a little. It must be Paris, but I think some of it's like filmed in New York too. I mean, it's less. It's even Generic less city making scape. sense than, yeah, yeah, yeah. than Godspell. Um, and a lot I mean, of it reminded me of Hair as well. Like, uh-huh. like but Hair actually like takes place in New right, York right. I mean, it was actually like. And, like, that weird thing at the end, it's so great, where they're on um, the top of the World Trade Center, singing Beautiful City. Oh, yeah. I mean, now, of course, it's, like, so much more. That was so odd to see that. uh, Heartbreaking. It is. Come sing me sweet favorite song in Godspell that you would sing? Uh, the the one I have the most clear memory of is um, All for the Best, which is that oh, duet yeah. mm-hmm. that Judas and Jesus like sings. Like the so- least vocal song in the show. <laughs> like On your list of songs you wish Carly Carmelo would sing in Godspell. It's like The like Potter duet for two men. <laughs> <laughs> Will be redressed. Yes, it's all for them. You must never be distressed. Yes, it's all for them. Someone's got to be oppressed. Yes, it's all for the best. <laughs> there was something about that song when I was 10 or 11 or whatever age. It's a great song. It's I so mean, funny I think and I never heard like two melodies mm-hmm. put together yeah. like that before, and that kind of pattery kind of lyric that tells a story and that was fascinating to me because I you know all I heard on the radio at that time was like Barry Manilow Mm -hmm. or you know Carole King it wasn't I didn't hear that kind of music so when I heard that I was like oh this is different Mm -hmm. it's funny because that is the least Carol King song in Godspell, and we're, we're also talking to Stephen Schwartz for the yes, podcast. I know. And the album that he chose is um, Judy Collins' Wildflowers, and another one on his list was Laura Nero. And it's like so much of his songs, especially the ballads, feel very much of that Carol King, Laurel Canyon yes. era. Day by day, day by day. 
Yes. So it's funny that if you were turning away from that on the radio, <laughs> listening to Godspell, you would go for the like Irving Berlin style yes. number in the show. Yes, and the, the performances were so fun. It was also yeah. that that thing that I had never really been exposed to of like you know, someone acting a song, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and telling a story with mm-hmm. a song as opposed to just a fun pop tune that you would mm-hmm, hear. Sure. I, I think there was something in me that was really drawn to that. The was that when you were, like, a little kid, like, before you were even, like, doing, like, shows in high school or Oh, whatever? yeah, yeah. I didn't do shows in high school. Oh, no. But Started this was in college? Like, yes. Um, this was when I was, like, fifth grade. Mm-hmm. And where friend. did you grow up? In Albany, New York. Albany, New York. Okay. Yeah. Not too far. No, not too far. So did you come to the city and see shows ever with your family or no? Uh, it's pretty I, far, isn't it's, it? It's about three hours. I, you know, the funny thing is I, my middle school had a trip to New York to see Raisin in the Sun, and mm-hmm. I missed it. So that was my first chance to see a Broadway show that Sorry, I missed. Sorry, not, not interesting. <laughs> no, I really was. Like, it was this whole... What do I, Carolee Carmella, have to do with Broadway? <laughs> Forget it. <laughs> no, it was this comedy of errors. It, I, it's a long story. But anyway, I wanted to go, but I missed the trip. And then uh, in college, I went for the day with some friends, and the first Broadway show I ever saw was when I was in college and saw Ain't Misbehavin', mm-hmm. which is a kind of odd exposure to Broadway. Because it's a review. Yeah, and it wasn't anything that I was really sort of emotionally connected to. It mm-hmm. didn't it didn't have a story. Like I I ended up loving shows that had, you know, character based, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. stories and um I think the first show that really made a huge impact on me was Evita, which I saw later on in mm-hmm. college and Did you see Patty LuPone? I don't think I did. You know, I don't even remember because I don't think I knew who anybody was right. at that mm-hmm. point. But you loved the show. I loved it. And I thought this is like cooler than anything I've ever seen on TV or movies or mm-hmm. anything. It just mm-hmm. really drew me in. Did that motivate you to like go buy the album or anything? Or was it just, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> and were you like, God, when we do that in the dorms, I should play that part? Or? <laughs> I don't think I even... I don't think I understood like that that was a possibility. Right. The the first thing I ever auditioned for in the dorms was Oliver, which I think I probably was a sophomore or something, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I was, you know, 19 or something. Had you seen the movie? Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, once again exposed and did you play to Nancy? it by TV. I did. <laughs> I love it. Just checking off the list. We always talk about how there's like two kinds of people on Broadway, like the ones that were obsessed with it and like chased it down, and the ones that were just like, "Oh, fine. I, if you want me so badly." Oh, right, right. really? No. Like I, you, Mary Testa was another guest we had earlier, yeah. and you know she's very similar. It's like she never really had these big Broadway desires. What, but did, her what did Mary so, want to do? I don't. I don't think we've ever talked about that. Uh, she wants to be a rock and roll. Yeah, singer. she's more into oh, rock okay. music. The album she chose was um, Joe Cocker. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. But um, but it also makes sense, you know, uh, for someone like of Mary's generation growing up listening to rock and roll and seeing Broadway being so different from that mm-hmm, that she mm-hmm. wouldn't have been, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, drawn she to and that. I aren't that different in age, are we? Let um, me just look well, this up. Know. How you old know, are you, Mary? Carolee, I, I think I think you're <laughs> my age, so you know. <laughs> I think she's a few years older, but um, but yeah, I I there certainly was a lot of uh, exposure to rock and roll and pop music when I was a kid. I just for whatever reason, didn't 
didn't grab onto it. But still, it. Evita was a show that made an impression on you, and it was a more contemporary sound. That's true. Um, and I, so you loved doing Oliver, playing Nancy. Yes, it was fun. I don't think at that point I went, oh, this is it, because mm-hmm. I didn't change my major or anything. Right. You know, it didn't it didn't impact my plans for the but future. You, except as much as you decided to audition for the next show. Yes, that's true. It was a good experience. <laughs> it was fun. It was. It didn't. It didn't feel like a career sort of opportunity mm-hmm. was opening up. It just felt like, oh, this is like joining the. Yeah. You know. Did you enjoy that process of of creating a show with a group of people and you know rehearsals and opening night? And I still and... don't enjoy that process. No. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't like rehearsal. I don't like creating I like the performing and I yeah, did enjoy that set, yeah. I did I I thought oh this is fun everybody comes and watches this thing you know mm-hmm, and, and mm-hmm. I get to do it I don't know we did it like four times or whatever mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that part was fun for me and that still is fun for me to do the actual show but mm-hmm. I'm not one of those actors who loves the process the process uh-huh. so what about with the, I mean you've done a bunch of these like high profile replacement gigs going yes. in now of course everybody's freaking out because you're going to be Dolly Levi Dolly Levi um, but you've done that in Mamma Mia and in Kiss Me Kate mm-hmm. and um, I want to say you're in town 17, yes right? you're yeah. in town 1776 yes a lot of replacements so which, I mean yeah. do you in a way perf- I mean obviously you want to get the plaudits and the nominations and all that but do do you in some ways prefer that because you don't have to do the whole <laughs> long drawn out kind of. process of creating it and you just come in and take yeah, over yeah kind of i i don't mind it at all because you know especially in a show that's um that's starting from the ground up like mm-hmm. you're in town or something you don't have to go through all the crazy you know changing the script every day right. and, mm-hmm. and yeah. figuring out all the where the laughs are and like someone else has figured that out for you and you just yeah, have yeah. to learn it which mm-hmm. is much easier for me yeah um and not that I don't enjoy working on original stuff because I I do find that interesting it's just um not what makes me happiest you know have you done mm-hmm. any revivals that you originated I would think I would know the answer to this but um, See, I'm just thinking maybe the best thing for Kara so. Lee would be to start out <laughs> in a revival because the show already works. Right, exactly. The show is figured out. I mean, nobody I mean, loves I, that. I mean, that's such, I mean, what's the thing? It's The I punishment for Hitler do. should be to go on the road with a musical, you know, in oh, development. But some people um, do love the process of figuring out a show and mm-hmm, rehearsing yeah. and digging into the character and right. I I don't you know, look, tech rehearsals are not fun for anybody, but I think there are some actors who love the the beginning of the process and then once they get into like, you know, the third, fourth, fifth week of a run, they're like, Oh, I'm bored. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which right. is the opposite for me. Sure. I just mm. I like I thought those. of an example. King and I at Paper Mill Playhouse. Oh, well, so yeah. was that, would you have preferred that somebody else rehearsed that and you replaced? <laughs> or was that good because it was already a show that worked? From that the was good because it was already a show yeah. that we knew, you know, we knew it was. Maybe you just need to be the revival queen. I'll, I'll be happy to do that if you want to set that up for me. I'm a glad, <laughs> uh, wait, listen, we could dream cast you in revivals all day long. All right. Oh, and I'm getting a little old. We, another, we only have a couple, maybe names. We could well, do oh, we'll be Mame. very happy to yes. see names. Um, I, I, one of the tragedies of my life is I didn't see you when you did Bells Are Ringing at oh. um, 
was Reprise. Reprise out the, in L.A., and yeah. And I think that company is no longer now. You know, I think it was no longer, and now I think that it's coming back. Oh, that's Yeah, cool. they, I think they had some issues with their, whatever, board sure. of directors yeah. or something, mm-hmm. and they stopped for a few years, but I think they're starting up again. It's it's sort of like the Encores right, series sure. is in New York, mm-hmm. but they do it in L.A., and that was so much fun. What a fun part that is. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really had a good time with that. But again, it's one of those um, things like Encores where you're learning it so, so fast. fast yeah. And like last summer, I did my first Mama Rose in Gypsy oh, right. in yes. Sacramento. And that was also, you know, one of those parts that everybody kind of wants to get to in their life yeah. at some point. And I, I'm so glad I got to do it. But it was such a quick, yeah. you know, uh, process that. I barely felt like I knew my lines by the mm. time that week's run was over. Mm-hmm. So you have like a Goldilocks complex with rehearsals because right. you don't you don't want it too drawn out, but you don't want it rushed. Either. I don't I don't want to feel uh, like I'm not ready yeah. when the show opens. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I do want to feel prepared. Well, that part obviously also needs so much. I mean, yes. if you've been doing Nancy and Oliver in Sacramento, you might have been you know true. happy with the three yes, weeks or that's whatever. true. That's yeah. true. I just remember you posting. Uh, on your Instagram, everyone follow Carly. Uh, you posted <laughs> clips of rehearsal for uh, Gypsy, and I just remember like every morning I would wake oh, up yeah, and go totally. to your page and like watch the videos <laughs> of you singing Rose's Turn or whatever, oh, and it was yeah. so thrilling. God, that score and that that show is just such a perfect, perfect gem of a show. Like, there's not mm-hmm. one ounce mm-hmm. of fat on it. I, totally. I was yeah. so excited to get to do that finally. Yeah. What was your favorite song in Gypsy to sing? <sighs> Probably everything's coming up roses just because mm-hmm. it's so it's so dramatic. And I mean Rose's turn is dramatic too in the sense that, you know, there's so much emotion in it. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. there's something about having someone to sing to and mm-hmm. tell the story to. So at the end of Act One, she's singing to her daughter mm-hmm. and Herbie and you know, Rose's turn is sort of this soliloquy, but yeah, I, but it's I less kind of a song. Yeah, it it's sort the of a manic line breakdown. Have and that kind of like a build. And yeah, a right. Yeah. Right. So I I think the end of Act One was probably my favorite because it just felt so satisfying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sure you sing the shit out of that song, out of that whole score. It was fun. Totally. I hope I, I get mean, to do it again someday. I, your voice is so unique. I mean, it's there's not many voices I think that I would like literally just die to hear you sing a specific song, even just. Just I I just like want to like satisfy my appetite to like know what you would sound like in that song. It's such a um, I remember feeling that way when you went into Kiss Me Kate. It was like ah like I couldn't get there. I think I might have gone to your first preview. Oh my god! Because it was like another sort of soprano y ish. Yeah, totally. I mean, you mm. sort of. I mean, it's a combination. It's but a combination. Yeah. yeah. But, um, well, especially it was a combination when you did it. I mean, you know, when Kelly O'Hara sings it, you wouldn't call it a combination. But, but you <laughs> have true. all that, you know, that your voice is so, um, like, meaty in those high totally. parts, you know.
It's interesting because we didn't change any keys, but, you know, I was taking over for Marin. Well, uh, no, <laughs> I just was going to say that people kept asking me, did they change the keys yeah. for you? And I guess, you know, Marin and I just have such different sounds that even though we were singing them in the same keys, mine sounded somehow beltier than hers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is funny because actually compared to other sopranos, she kind of has that, like, thicker, richer that sound. That mixy, you know? yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yes. why, like... In, like, passion, you know, mm-hmm. I never was happy with the other women playing the part, Melissa, Erico, whoever. Like, I, I didn't want to just hear some soprano come in. I mean, I worship Rebecca Luker, but I don't really... Her, hearing her in passion isn't that kind of satisfying, you know, thickness of a sound that, that Marin Maisie had. But um, but with you, it's in a whole other level. I mean, it's mm-hmm. literally mm-hmm. a belt voice. It's just in that range, you know? Totally. Is that, I mean, have you, in all these years now doing that, have you ever had to study to protect that? Have you had any vocal trouble ever? I mean... Um, Not serious vocal trouble. I mean, you know, every once in a while if I got bronchitis or I was, Mm -hmm. you know, doing double duty, rehearsing one show during the day and doing another show at night, I would, like, get fried. But, Mm -hmm. no, I've never had, like, surgery or had to take six months off or Mm -hmm. anything like that. I mean, do you have any kind of um, technique or anything that you use? I mean, when you're doing... I mean, it's so (laughs) Do I have any technique? No. It's very very Streisand of you. (laughs) Is that true? Is she... Yeah. What did she say in that? What's a mix? They were like, how did you develop that mix? And she was like, what's a mix? What's a mix? And they said, they said, how do you sing the way you do? How do you hold the notes so long? And she said, because I want to. (laughs) So, you know, you're in good wow, company. Wow, I guess so. I don't think I ever, I didn't obsess watching interviews of Barbara Streisand wow. either. I need to do that I've done now. i work for you. <laughs> Thank you. Well, what's that thing from the I cartoons? have watched a few YouTubes of, of Hello, Dolly, though, now that ah, I'm studying. Yes, <laughs> the research. Yes. The research. The work. Well, and did you see, um, did you see Bette Midler do it? I didn't. I saw Betty Buckley now, so, mm. and I've seen clips of, of Bette and right. Bernadette. Mm-hmm. Did you ever mm-hmm. see Carol Channing do it? Uh, only online. I, I'm I never surprised. saw it live. Did you ever do, were you ever Irene Malloy or anything? No. That would seem well, that like would such a, a natural really nice part. You. Yeah, too old yeah. now. Yeah, well, well listen, <laughs> depends who's playing Dolly. We could, if Barbara Streisand was playing Dolly, we could. Exactly. Yeah, you could be uh, Louise if she yeah. ever gets back to doing Jesse. I mean, I guess Irene is a widow, so she could be, yeah. There you go. Because well, when Carol Channing did it in 78, Florence Lacey was... Was that the last was, time? Um, no, the last time was 94. Oh, wow. But Florence Lacey was Irene Malloy both times. Mm. Um, because everybody was, Flo you know, Lacey. the whole thing just transported. Yes, yes. I mean, she, I would say, almost, I mean, I, I don't think her voice has quite the, like, um, uh, I think the top of your voice is prettier than hers, and you have a little... Carol Channing or no, Florence? No, no, no. <laughs> Florence. <laughs> your whole voice is you prettier Carol than hers. Channing, I would say, maybe in the comedy <laughs> department, but not vocally. But, but Florence Lacey has kind of, I would say, the closest comparison I would have thought, maybe, to your voice. I think you have a little she more like a pop Avita. quality. Yeah, she mm-hmm. she did, and she has that that very kind of just like strong. You know, you just kind of feel like power all her resonance yes. just is like. Yeah, she's got an amazing voice. Yeah, she still sounds great. Yeah, what's a what's a mix? What's a mix? Well, okay. Speaking of playing Evita, you played Evita. I know. I think I've even listened to a clip on YouTube. Maybe for real something at some point. Maybe I just maybe I saw a program on eBay. I definitely have had some nerdy. 
like stalking Carolee moment of <laughs> your Vita. Maybe it was just a visual, but I will oh. I will find it. Jeez, I don't know. I mean, that's so long ago. I can't even imagine that there are videos out there. I mean, there might be somebody, you know. Well, there's videos of the Broadway recording. production, so I mean, that's you know. true. Yeah. But I mean, this was at a dinner theater up in Westchester. And I really. That's my dream to eat and watch you play a Vita. <laughs> right, right. That is one of the, the most amazing roles. I mean, I was actually the matinee of Vita. It was Paige O'Hara was the. Oh, how funny. Do you remember Paige? Oh, she course, was the original yeah. Belle. Yeah. yeah. And she did the nighttime, and I didn't have to be in the ensemble at night. I just came in and did two or three, I think, three shows a week. That was, um, I think, Nancy Opal's gig for a while uh, in the Broadway production also. Oh, Terry Klausner and then Nancy uh-huh. Opal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Florence Lacey, too, at one point. Um, speaking of Paige O'Hara... Your knowledge of musical theater history encyclopedic. is... Encyclopedic. <laughs> oh, my God. It ends in the year 2000. Does it really? <laughs> it's only, like, my high so school So no Dear Evan Hansen. I mean, I no. love Dear Evan Hansen. I've actually seen it a few times. Like, I mean, I know more than, like, the average Joe. Right. But I, there's huge things Gaps. I just Gaps. don't know. Yeah. Um, but you're... I, well, I'm I, so impressed. You're... I, I mean, I, well, I remember seeing you in Falsettos. And um, just being like, uh, oh, you know what it was? When I saw it on Broadway, I didn't see you. I saw Maureen Moore. Okay. And then when you guys did it in L.A. Um, at the Doolittle right, Theater. Right, that was the original company. They, had, they yeah. had like $20 tickets, rush tickets or something. And I was like, I think I was like a junior or senior in high school. And I saw it like five times. And, was that um, you, Trina? She was that, Cordelia. No. You were both, I never got you, to see her. You Trina. did both, right? Cordelia I did and Trina. Trina on the road, yes. But that LA company was the original Broadway company, so mm. I I was playing Cordelia, Cordelia. in that. Yeah. But I just remember thinking, like, oh my god, like this is such. Uh, you had so much more of a presence uh, as Cordelia. There was something that you brought. It. I don't know what. It, I remember so much your laugh as Cordelia. It was like you had a relationship with Mendel. Like you would laugh at his jokes. And there was something... I feel like I'm going to cry. It was like it brought the family together in this different way. I mean, that was just one way that it was. But it was... In a show that was so much about the creating family and Mm -hmm. like chosen family, Mm -hmm. you just... You had these relationships in these ways that, you know, the material didn't necessarily... um, Required. It was you. like that you, yeah, exactly. It didn't hand it to you, you know. And then, and then something like in um, Unlikely Lovers, just the way that your voice, you know, wrote up on those. What, what I guess Cordelia sings those at the harmony or just the high melody or what, you know. But you, I just remember you kind of like on the top of it, mm. just being really. Um, it was just so emotional because it felt so connected to the the story and the characters. You yeah, know? I mean, I I'm still so sad that we didn't record. Yeah. The Broadway company, but mm, yeah. but yeah, singing "Unlikely Lovers" every night with Michael and Stephen and Heather—that was like one of the highlights of my life. It's just mm. so such a beautiful. I mean, the vocal arrangement, the sentiment, the you know that that piece of music is just you know unparalleled. Did you know that show before you did it? Like, had you seen Falsetto Land or anything? I had seen it, yeah, yeah. but I mean, I I didn't know it well. I I just had seen it once and was impressed. I had never seen March of the Falsettos, so right. I didn't really know. Well, that's before I think you even were in New York, is that right? Like 81? It must be. I, I moved here in 83, so I'm, I guess I just missed it. Yeah. And I didn't see the production that they did in Connecticut, which was, I think, the first time they put oh, the Oh, Graziella Danielle Durani. Yes. And that's when Barbara Walsh first played Trina. Right, yeah. right. Um, 
Yeah, I loved. I was sad that her turnout wasn't recorded. Yeah, um, she was great. But uh, wait, how do we get onto falsettos? Um, there's definitely some Carolee roles that we need to, to, totally, get, totally. to get deeper well, into. So I've seen you perform. I think I, I saw you at Carnegie Hall in in a concert with Cheyenne Jackson and can't remember who the other people were, but you sang "Don't Rain on My Parade." Oh my which gosh, was fabulous! And then I saw you at Joe's Pub. I think it was Justin Sayers' "The Meeting." And you sang fifty percent, and those How did two I songs. Miss that yeah, those oh, see, two songs look, were like that, you epic. can do ballroom for another fifty years. <laughs> totally. You don't have yeah, any all rush. Those, all those thousands of productions of ballroom. Well, look, done. if anyone offers you ballroom, you say no. You're busy. You'll do that when you're older. Right, right. We don't need you wasting time on ballroom now. <laughs> There's plenty of time for ballroom. No, but those two songs were so because I love those songs, of course. Yeah. Um, and when I and in both of those instances, you know, whenever I I was sitting in my seat and I could feel where you were going. I was like, okay, this is what the song is. I can't believe this is happening. Like, Carolee singing these two belty... Well, I guess 50% is not super belty, but it's just such a wonderful song for any actress to sing. Yeah. Uh, what the other lyrics. Song- the, the lyrics are so absolutely. good. Absolutely. What other songs do you like to sing, like, in cabaret setting or... Well, I don't like to sing in cabaret setting, for one. <laughs> <laughs> we, this is, okay, this, but is that working? That looks weird. Are we have an ongoing... No, um, we have a, ben I, and I've I been have, trying to convince yeah. Carolee to do an album. And, Absolutely. I was and just looking. Or an act. Right. And she's very resistant <laughs> to both. I've been listening to, That's mild. I've been listening to a lot of um, your stuff, your cast recordings and stuff the last couple of days, and I was like, oh, I just wish I had a solo album Carolee's to listen to right now. Sorry, everybody. I, you know, as as you and I have discussed, Ben, my big sort of stumbling block is that I feel like most of those albums are just sort of vanity projects. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's really just I I don't know. Here's me singing ten songs, and I, I don't kind of 14. understand the point of it. <laughs> 13, 15. 13, 14. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I have I have done concert slash cabaret stuff in the past mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, if I, you know, I'm in between theater gigs, but I just don't enjoy it as much. Have I you re- done it? I don't think... Recently, last um, last, well, this past, like, January, February, I did it, like, some concerts in California. Oh, I was mm. like, what is wrong with me? How yeah, it I wasn't here. Yeah, it wasn't here. Um, what, was it, like, a symphony kind of deal? No, or? it was just um, Phil Reno playing piano, and I did a bunch of songs. Don't Rain on My Parade. Mm. Uh, Palm Springs and oh, up in the Sacramento sort of area. Mm-hmm. And did what happened? Somebody just called your agent, and you were like, okay, fine, I'll do it? Kind of. Yeah, I like, I don't. I don't pursue it because I just don't enjoy it that much. But it, it you know, it sometimes is a good filler when I'm mm-hmm. looking for work. Okay, and this I, is new information to me. Okay, so <laughs> what was the set list, for example? Um, so I did sort of, you know, retrospective on shows mm-hmm. that I, I sang. Nancy from Oliver, I mm-hmm, sang, mm-hmm. you know, As Long As He Needs Me. I sang, um, uh, let's see... Trying to go through the list of my see, I've blocked it out because I don't from enjoy parade? it. No, because I don't feel like that. I mean, I I love parade more than almost anything I've ever done in my life, mm-hmm. but I don't think that stuff works in a cabaret yeah, kind of yeah. setting. Um, well, maybe I guess it's a duet is the problem. Um, all all the waste of time. time. Yeah, I suppose so. That that could work, but um, I can't. Phil Reno can sing, can he? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I think he did sing that one time with me at some point. The first time I ever did a concert with him, he 
he comes from Ohio and he does like once a year he does a concert in his hometown mm-hmm. and he invites a Broadway person to come and sing and so he called me and was like can you put together 50 minutes you know so I was like ah. <laughs> so we kind of threw together some songs and I think that was on the list we actually mm-hmm. did wait all the waste of time It's just, I don't know, some people love it. And, and there's something about talking about myself and my own life that mm. is very uncomfortable for me. Mm. I'm much more happy in in a wig and a costume and a role where I'm telling a story through right, right. somebody else's words. Did you see um, Sherry Renee Scott's show, um, Every Day Rapture? Rapture? I didn't. I wonder what you would think of that kind of a... But it's also sort of autobiographical, right? Yeah, but very... um, Because I think when you and I had talked about it, you had said, well, maybe you would be interested in something like Elaine Stritch at Liberty. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. I was thinking, you know, but that just now, when you said talking about yourself, I was thinking Elaine Stritch at Liberty is still very much talking about yourself. It's true. Um, Although I'm finding out more and more how little of it was actually true. Oh, really? (laughs) Well, it was, you know, it was the version she was presenting. Oh, interesting. Um, uh, There's a book coming out about her. I just read like an advanced galley of it. It's scandalous. Um, But, uh,. But um, but Sherry's show was m- m- through more of a like funhouse mirror. I mean, mm-hmm. it was based on her life, but it was really um, a theatrical. It was very theatrical, and 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 not even you know, yeah, not just in terms of changing details or whatever, but you know, just this. It was so stylized mm-hmm. into the mm-hmm. the the Mister Rogers medley or thing. You know, it was very um, creative and. Mm-hmm. and uh, inventive and and then her other shows she's done since then like what was Piece of Meat was that the one at Pittsburgh Below mm. have been I mean if I'm sure they're based on experiences she'd, she's had but they were you know essentially fiction and she's um, she writes them which is so impressive yeah I mean I guess that's the well the she has part a good of, partner Dick Scanlon I yes mean, they've got a great relationship mm-hmm. you know I'm just saying Carol <laughs> 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 It's gonna happen it's gonna someday, happen. Ben. It happens sometime. <laughs> well, the, the good news is your voice shows zero signs of any aging or wear and tear. Oh, I don't know if that's true, but thank you is for that, saying is that, that. I mean, is do you do you feel like oh, I I miss I can't sing this note anyway I used to be able to or you know? Yeah, I mean, sometimes if someone asks me to sing something that, let's say from a show that I did you know twenty years ago, and I listen. To the recording, I go. Oh wow! I don't know if I can do that anymore. You know, uh, I mean, I can. I guess I can still hit the notes, but it's not as easy as it was. You know, like when I was in my twenties. I don't. I think it's unavoidable. But I. I feel pretty healthy so far, and Hello Dolly coming up doesn't scare me too much. You know, no, it's, yeah. yeah, it's not one of those. You know, if I had to dive into. You know, Avita right now, I'd probably be sure. a little nervous, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. so far I'm hanging in there. Well, you've got a good 20 years on all those ladies that um, 
have been coming before you in the park. So if they can, if they can get through it. Yeah. And there's many ways to approach it. I mean, that's the amazing thing I'm learning about Dolly is like just so many different approaches to it vocally and different approaches to it comedically. Mm -hmm. And and it still works. You know, the piece is is so sort of secure that you can, you can have Pearl Bailey and you can Mm -hmm. have Bernadette Peters and Donna Murphy and, you know, all these different versions. I mean, I was so happy that the tour is going on and that you're going into it because I was so sad when it closed I really had thought mm-hmm. as you know as soon as it was Bernadette I was like yes let's do this I mean I just wanted I was like a somebody call Kristen Chenoweth uh-huh. I mean you know why that's the fun I mean that's the whole reason I love Broadway is right. for that to happen you know and um it you know I guess Scott Rudin just you know if it wasn't that kind of Bette Midler money he it wasn't worth his time you know or I think focus. it was an expensive show to run sure. I think yeah, it, it sure. was it was hard to make that nut but mm-hmm. but I mean but you know it, it didn't seem like he was willing to like try very hard you know like it was like <laughs> no we're done and um and so you know I kind of thought when they had the first set of dates of the tour that was going to be it I didn't even get my hopes up and then when Craig Burns texted me top secret who's going to Hello Dolly I was like yeah! <laughs> Um, I mean, I remember, you know, when Bet was announced, you know, like a year before Hello Dolly even opened, people were already, you know, chitter chitter chattering about replacements oh, totally. and tour. Yeah. And your name came up so many times. Yeah. Oh, like, really? I would love to see in this role, you know. Oh, well. So now you can. Now we, we're Kansas all City, getting our get dreams ready. coming true. Yeah. <laughs> well, we we love to play that game, um, which I guess is a good segue for our game. Yeah, let's yeah. do it. So we have a little game that we play on the podcast. Which oh you're my goodness! Hate. <laughs> <laughs> is it a test of my theater number? No. It's much worse. <laughs> it's, it's called Dolly Concert Kill. And you're so. the first Dolly that we're playing. Ah, with. What does um, that mean? So we give you three. You know the game Fuck Mary Kill? Yes. So it's kind of like that. We okay. give you three performers, and you choose one that you would like to see as Dolly Levi. Okay. Uh-huh. One that you would like to see in concert. And one, unfortunately, <laughs> you will give the axe. Um, oh, that's awful. Okay, so... And these are real uh, people? Yeah. And so I'm going to give the axe. You're well, right, you know, I'm going to hate we, it. Okay. We could do dead people, so she feels... Well, okay, that or, I or, feel so bad about. Well, we have a remedial version we've created, if you're too sensitive. We, could, we can do Fuck, Mary Chill. No, yeah, sorry, Dolly, Dolly Concert Chill. Dolly Concert <laughs> one, yeah, one person you just give a vacation. Okay. So, I think... Julie Andrews. Yes, for sure. Julie okay. Andrews. Um, and um, uh, what was the other? Uh, uh, Leslie Ann Warren? Yeah, Leslie Ann Warren and Marnie Nixon? <laughs> no, not Marnie Nixon. Um, Julie Andrews, Leslie Ann Warren, and... Barbara Cook. Barbara Cook. Oh, there you go. Perfect. <laughs> oh, let's see. We're in that soprano oh, closet. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. Let's see. Who would I want to see as... Dolly Levi. Um, all right, say them again. Barbara Cook, Leslie Ann Warren. Warren and Julie Andrews. Julie Andrews would be really strange as Dolly Levi. Yeah. So I think mm-hmm. I'm going to have to put her in one of the other categories. Um, I kind of want to see Leslie a drag Ann- queen do Julie Andrews. <laughs> right. It's Victor Victoria Dolly. Um, I guess Leslie Ann Warren, because I think she has a really good sense of comedy. Yeah, she's so, she's funny. so funny. Yeah. 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 Uh, so I'd put her as Dolly, and in concert... <gasps> Barbara V. Ju- uh, Julie. This, this is the classic the classic Broadway soprano debate. Wow. Mm. Um, 
gosh. By the way, the rules of the game, you get to choose. I mean, you don't have to specify, but it's of your choice when concerts. You don't have to worry about, oh, Oh, her 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 vocal surgery. It could be be peak. Whatever era of the performer you want. Oh, my God. They're both so good, though. I mean, the thing about Barbara Cook was she, uh, her, her take on material was so interesting. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like Julie... Did you see her in concert? No, I didn't. I mean, I've seen things on TV and on YouTube, yeah. but I never mm-hmm. saw her live. Yeah. But I think I would pick her in concert. Classy yeah. choice. And, Classy choice. And Sorry, Julie. Julie. Sorry, Jules. But, you know, Julie is one of those people... People ask me sometimes, like, is there any person that you, like, totally fangirled out or, or freaked out when you met them? And Julie Andrews came to see Finding Neverland. Oh. And she was lovely and came backstage and took pictures with everyone and was just so generous. And she was one of, like, a handful of people in my whole life that I just burst into tears oh. when I started talking to oh, her. Oh, that's so sweet. I was like, I can't believe I'm meeting you. This oh, my God. And, I just, and then there's this, like, group picture of all of us, and I have, like, tears, tears. streaming down my face. And that. some of the younger people in the cast were like, who is she again? Oh, no. bitch, no. Yeah, well, I mean, there were a lot of kids in that show. Oh, kids. You know? oh kids. little yeah. kids. Yeah, no, not like the 20-somethings. Right. But Matt Morrison was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <he's> like <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> I'm sorry, who are you? Um, and the other person I totally did that to was um, I auditioned for, you were talking about Bells Are Ringing before, and I auditioned for the Broadway revival when it happened. And oh, the Tina Landau one? Yes. Yeah. And uh, and when I went in the room, I didn't realize that uh, you know that the writers were going to be there, and I was like totally, I totally oh, burst Betty into Compton tears. Green? That the, they were there behind the table. I mean, they weren't really involved, uh-huh. but they were sitting there, sitting. and they introduced me to everybody down the line before I sang, and I totally burst into tears. <sighs> I was like, I can't believe that you're here. It was embarrassing. Why were they such stars to you? Like, was it like? F- I think because I had already done the show in L.A. and I just knew oh, how oh, brilliant yeah. it was. Mm-hmm. I just was such a fan of the show, and I just thought it's it, the writing was so you know perfect to me that you know they mm-hmm. they were rock stars. I don't know. Oh, I love it. See, she purports not to be a musical theater nerd, but she's truth is growing over but Compton I wa- and Green. But I wasn't when I was young. I, yeah. Maybe if I had been exposed to Compton and Green when mm-hmm. I was a teenager, it would have been a different story. Right, but sure. I think, you know, I didn't know bells are ringing until I... Yeah, well, I mean, none of us did, right? Yeah. That's, like, not... Um, although, I guess there's some... I've never seen it, but there's a movie with Judy Holiday. Like, oh, it's from great. The era. Is it? Oh, yeah. All right, seen we're that. watching that. That might be a good Fire Island film festival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, it's <laughs> really good. It's really good. Well, do we do we have? I mean, we we have Carolee. How can we? I'm sure there's a million more questions we want to ask her, but we she's she's given us. Well, so we're you have a wonderful social media presence. I follow you on Twitter, Instagram. Yeah, she's Carolee Carmelo everywhere. One one L and Carolee, two in Carmelo. Right, <laughs> Thank you. Right. Um, and then upcoming dates. Anything to plug? Well, the national tour of Hello Dolly. Well, Hello Dolly. Absolutely. So I'm Where's so it I'm starting. starting? Well, they're out now, but I joined the tour in Kansas City at okay. the end of September. Uh, and then we'll be in the Midwest for a while. I think the farthest west we get is Tucson, okay. and then like down to Naples, Florida, and up to Hartford, Connecticut, and. Philadelphia. When was the last so time you did a tour? Before my kids were born. Wow. So yeah, like How twenty-five old are your kids? years ago. Um, my son is eighteen. Okay. My daughter is twenty-three. Yes, twenty-three. Uh, and yeah, 
So this will be a very different experience than the tour I did when I was in right, my 20s. Right, yeah, right. Well, and now, what was the last tour? Was it chess? No. Um, I guess falsettos, probably. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Yeah. Was that, that wasn't a big tour, was it? It was pretty big. Really? Yeah, I did two different tours of it. With, yeah, so I think, uh, yeah, it was like week stops, you know, around the wow. country. Yeah, it was interesting to play that show around the country. I oh, just I'm saw sure, the yeah. recent tour when it was in oh, LA. Yeah. Um, well, LA is and not so. Yeah, well, I think this one yeah. only did a few. It was only like six months, maybe, or something. Um, but I was like, I, I, well, you can answer this. Like, what is it like? Because even in LA, where it was at the um, the Amundsen, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I, I miss the Walter Kerr. This is like too big. Yes, um, that and that's, works. That's an intimate theater compared to some of those roadhouses that they would be in. True. You know? Yeah, it was. Uh, well, we didn't play huge, huge houses, but but it is much harder to play a show like that on the road because the intimacy is so important in that show. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the time, you know, when the show had just opened up Broadway and we went to the, to the, you know, hinderlands to play that show, it was yeah. not like, I'm sure what you saw in LA. I mean, the audiences were, were kind of shocked. I, sure. I remember we yeah. played Florida. I forget which city it was now, if it was Miami or Fort Lauderdale, but it was, you know, people were walking out mm. And I remember when the when the lights came up on uh, you know Wizard and Marvin in bed, um, I we heard from the back of the theater, "Oi, again with the boys!" (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't always so accepted, but it was important to do. But it was hard, you know. Was that? Something like working in theater, like as like a straight woman, like coming from like Albany, like was that, were you uh, surprised or, you know, did that, was that a culture shock for you coming into this like super gay world, like when you were, when you were first in the city? I don't remember being shocked. I mean, I I guess community theater probably is pretty gay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't remember a lot of exposure, but you know, before I moved to New York, but I, but I also don't remember being particularly like, you know, thrown by any Mm -hmm. of it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I enjoyed the, the variety of people and, you know, different backgrounds and different colors and shapes and sexual Mm -hmm. preferences. Mm -hmm. I think I, Mm -hmm. I think that's what I still love about theater, that it just appeals to so many different kinds of Mm -hmm. people. And there's, there's such a, feeling of like open arms that mm-hmm. that the theater community embraces yeah. people who maybe are not so embraced in other parts of the world. I think this that's feels very Dolly Levi right now. Does it? <laughs> yeah, oh, yes. totally. <laughs> not acquaintances, friends. Exactly. You know my lines better than I do. <laughs> <laughs> you better learn them. There's probably I'm a lot trying. of guys in those audiences that I, know it. <laughs> I'm working hard right now. Yes, my, my late husband, Ephraim Levi, always... Uh, loved life wherever you found yes. it, yes. right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. my goodness. Well, Carly, we love we you. love you, Carly. Oh, we I love, love you guys. We're so, we're so grateful to you. This is so much fun. And, we can't um, wait to see you in Dolly. Yes, we will. We'll have to do a live, live vlog. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. From intermission. <laughs> she just sang before the brain passes by. We're dying. <laughs> well, thank you for your for being such you know amazing uh, encyclopedic brains and for. Uh, just 
making me feel good about what I've done in my career. Well, you guys thank are you for lovely. Us feel good we, we, with thank you. Oh. Decades of goosebumps. Thank totally. you so much. Yay! <laughs> Thanks for listening to Ben Rimmelauer's Broken Records on Broadway World. For more episodes, visit Broadway World, iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever podcasts do be. <laughs> Come back next week as we begin our special Winter in a Summertown mini-season featuring the most fabulous talents from Provincetown and Fire Island. First up, Tony Award winner Faith Prince coming in to talk about Liza with a Z. And after Faith, we'll be chatting with Pixie Aventura, Barla Jean Merman, Linda Etter, and Miss Richfield 1981. This episode was edited by me, Daniel Nolan. Thanks to Emmy-winning composer and lyricist Lance Horn for the Broken Records theme song. Follow us both, Ben Rimmelauer and Daniel Nolan, on all y'all's socials. That's Ben Rimmelauer. B-E-N-R-I-M-A-L-O-W-E-R. And that's Nolan with an E, not Nolan with an A. That's Nolan with an A, isn't it? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.